Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, last week, Britain and Norway announced they were giving Ukraine 850 black hornets, which sounds scary, but they can fit in the palm of your hand. David Hambling is author of Swarm Troopers, How Small Drones Will Conquer the World. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon. Uh, Now, these are micro drones. So how micro are we talking? Well, they actually call them nano drones, even ah. smaller than micro. Um, as you say, they're small enough to fit in the palm of your hand. Um, they weigh about 33 grams. It looks like a little toy helicopter, but it's actually a fully functional drone with a video camera and thermal imaging. OK. And so what would they normally be used for? This is used for close-in reconnaissance. Uh, Rather than looking at things from great height, uh, you can actually fly these very close to people. They are very difficult to hear, very difficult to see, and you can sneak up on people and watch them without them being aware they're being watched. So it's for very close-in reconnaissance. Uh, You can't even hear them. Um, no, they are. They they won't say exactly how many decibels they are, um, but they are exceedingly quiet, and you probably wouldn't recognise it as a drone if you heard one. Okay, all right. So, but but they do have the kind of traditional blades, like a, a recognisable drone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is just. Yeah, these aren't flapping wing ones, though. Yeah. There are some of those in development too. Um, these are just little helicopters, and one of their key advantages is apparently they are able to operate indoors as well as out, uh, and they can enter buildings through open windows windows and doorways uh, and check out what's inside. Okay. And what kind of, uh, and the camera's affixed to it, uh, you know, what, what kind of definition is on those? Um, yeah, they get, uh, again, they're not giving away exact details, um, but certainly they are reasonably high resolution cameras. Uh, you can very easily identify individual people's faces. Uh, you can see whether they're carrying a tool or a weapon. You can make out a lot of detail. The, it's um, pretty high quality stuff. It's expensive, but it's pretty high quality stuff. Uh, and is, is it a significant development, do you think, for, um, for the Ukrainian forces? Um, no, I, this, these aren't necessarily exactly the drones that they want at the moment. Um, mm. They're probably more interested in getting bigger drones for directing artillery because that's the kind of thing that they're mainly involved in at the moment. Um, but certainly since uh, these are available and they're being shipped, I'm sure they'll find lots of uses for them, um, particularly in urban combat going forward in places like Kherson. Yeah, because one of mine, at the very least, these uh, uh, these drones save a human being having to go uh, and recognize. Absolutely, this is they are they are um, very good for life saving. It means you don't need to send uh, someone ahead to go around the corner. Uh, or be first one into a building, you can send the drone in. uh, And if there are Russians in there, you'll find out about it without being shot at. Uh, It's also a lifesaver in the sense that you can definitely, if you see a group of people, you can get a close-up look at them. You can confirm whether they're soldiers or civilians and which side they're on. So it will prevent a lot of friendly fire incidents as well. Where have they been used before, David? Um, The British Army used them from 2013 to 2016 in Afghanistan uh, and evidently weren't very happy with them. Uh, They seem to be losing quite a few. Uh, However, there's the version now being shipped is a later version. uh, And as far as we know, um, performs better, though we haven't really got many details about that. Okay, yeah. And and why, why, why were they not that happy with them in Afghanistan? Um, apparently, uh, they are because they're small. They are very fragile. They were working in a difficult environment, 
Um, and they also the first ones they bought were very expensive. They were like about 100,000 euros each. Right. Uh, and it's something that will break if you tread on it. Uh, and if a gust of wind catches it and it ends up in a ravine, it's gone. So I, I can see why they might have had some concerns about uh, issuing that kind of kit to foot soldiers. Yeah, G- given the increasing amount of drones and the, the, there's lots of drones being used uh, in Ukraine, is that changing the model of war to the extent that it's not people directly shooting at each other anymore? Yes, it's we're very much seeing that. Um, particularly because um, these um, consumer drones, commercial quadcopter types, the sort you buy off the internet, those are being used by their thousands by both sides. Uh, and they're using those for things like directing artillery and for tactical reconnaissance. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of situations where people are firing indirectly uh, and then using drones to um, adjust where the shots are falling rather than firing directly. So we're actually moving to a situation where it's increasingly uncommon for people to be within eyeballing distance of each other. It's uh, more drones in the front line. Uh, and does that necessarily mean less casualties? That will generally mean less casualties, yeah. It, it, mean, it means better intelligence, um, more accurate identification of what you're shooting at, uh, and more accurate shooting. Yeah. So it, would that come down to then who has the better drones? Uh, that's certainly going to become increasingly important in future. Uh, and what we're not seeing yet, but which we probably will see in time, uh, is uh, when the drones start taking on the opposition's drones because you want to blind the enemy. Um, this is basically what we had in the First World War when the, the very first aircraft went up. They were unarmed reconnaissance aircraft. Uh, and after a while, the uh, pilots began carrying revolvers and hand grenades and having a go at each other as they went past. I think you'll see the same sort of thing with small drones and mm. we'll start to see drones fighting each other. And then whoever has the best drones is going to have a massive advantage. And how many of these drones are completely autonomous or being operated remotely by somebody? Everything out there at the moment is being operated remotely. Everything out there uh, has a pilot on the ground somewhere. Um, There's essentially nothing that's completely autonomous at this stage. Uh, However, there's lots of work going on on that, Uh, in particular because one of the best ways of stopping drones at the moment is by radio jamming. You just broadcast noise and block the signal. Uh, Now, that if it's uh, relying on a remote pilot, then that will stop it dead. Whereas if you've got an autonomous drone, it doesn't mind jamming. So Mm. that's likely to drive that forward quite fast. Yeah, the operators of those drones... Uh, and uh, one could look at it one way and say, well, they're a distance from a uh, completely distance from what they're doing uh, and therefore uh, um, aren't affected by it. Or perhaps are they more affected by it because they're looking at massive high definition screens of uh, people getting killed Ab- or the people they're about to kill? That's abs- absolutely. And we're seeing with the Predator and Reaper drones um, operated in Afghanistan and places that the operators from those actually have quite high rates of post-traumatic stress disorder. Because uh, unlike soldiers in previous wars, where the enemy is just a a dot in the distance or even just some coordinates on a map you're firing at, they're watching them uh, in detail for quite a prolonged period of time. You're seeing these people laughing and joking with each other, eating, talking to their mum on the phone. And then after the strike, you're seeing the bits of body and counting the injured. Uh, and you can understand why it's uh, it actually has quite a, a profound impact on the people who are seeing that close up. Yeah. Do the Russians have any equivalent to these uh, small drones? 
The Russians don't have any very small drones. Uh, the main one they use is a thing called Orlan 10, which is like a little aircraft with a, about a three-meter wingspan. There's lots and lots of those around directing Russian artillery. They're also using a lot of these um, Chinese-made consumer quadcopters um, for close-up reconnaissance. Um, but there's nothing as small as the Black Hornet out there. Uh, will there be something probably next week that will come along that's even smaller than the Black Hornet? No, there's there's real practicalities. Um, this is, uh, as with birds and insects, once you get below a certain size of insect, it can't really fly. It just gets carried with the wind. Uh, and the black hornets are, can only fly when the, the wind isn't too strong. Um, so that's probably about the minimum practical size for drones. One of the things we are seeing, though, is this idea of uh, smart dust, which are just thousands hmm. and thousands of tiny sensors uh, which get scattered over a wide area, uh, form a network, and then they can provide data about what's going on there. They can track people's footfalls going through there. They can detect vehicle uh, engine noises and tell whether it's a truck or a tank going past uh, so that you, you'll just be able to plaster a wide area with sensors and see what's going on inside and is it the is it the physical size of dust uh, it's not quite that small yet the smallest ones they're playing with at the moment uh, are about the size of your thumbnail um, but they can scatter so many of them that you probably won't see them or if you do you wouldn't identify them as sensors so it, we're certainly edging towards that will it get as small as dust well they're certainly going to get smaller my god uh it's kind of remarkable and terrifying at the same time. Uh, David, thank you so much for uh, speaking with us today. That was uh, David Hambling. He's a defence journalist and author of the book Swarm Troopers, How Small Drones Will Conquer the World. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We'll take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.